Hey everybody, welcome back to Pour the Tea Podcast. I'm Mel. And I'm Tess. And we are so glad you're here. We are reviewing Season 5, Episode 9 of Love is Blind. And this episode, I cannot talk. I'm like, (laughs) this episode is called Love on the Rocks. And let's just talk about it. Yes. All right, episode starts off, we get the camera, the handheld camera, personal camera of each couple, and they're on their way to go get their marriage license, and Mm -hmm. Stacy and Izzy show their marriage license, and I'm thinking, who paid for that one? Which one of you two paid for that marriage license? Is that too soon? I don't know. Cringe. And then, same for Lydia and Milton. Milton pays $74. I could not for the life of me remember how much it cost, but... I want to say, and this may, I may be wrong in the number, but when we got married, I'm pretty sure it was $48. For some reason, $48 oh stuck out to me. Yeah. And they're paying $74. Inflation. Inflation, yeah. Inflation station. After that, we get our two lovely hosts, Vanessa and Nick Lachey. Vanessa's meeting the ladies at the bridal shop to begin dress shopping, and Nick meets the guys. He's playing putt-putt, some kind of golf He's practicing his putt shot at Mm -hmm. the tuck store, waiting for the guys to come in to try on their tuxes. Little side note, I did some research, and just the same as the rings, the wedding dresses and the tuxes are paid for by production. We found out that each wedding is given a budget, so really it's how the bridal party wants to spend the bride and groom want to spend the money so you can Mm -hmm. either put majority of the budget on your wedding dress or space it out evenly to get all those other goodies that you really want right vanessa asks the ladies you know how confident are you feeling are you feeling good and the ladies say yes i've never been so sure i'm so happy she also talks to the moms and automatically before stacy even starts trying on dresses the mom's crying tears of joy Right. And that she said she honestly never was sure that Stacy was ever going to get married. Yeah. Which is is huge for them. And Lydia's mom, you know, she says she's just very happy and she wants to see her daughter happy. And she's very proud of the woman that she is and where she's come in life. Each girl has a very distinct idea of what they want their dress to look like. Stacy's very vocal about it. She doesn't want anything basic. She has a very specific style. She wants to have something very unique that makes you take a second guess at it and say, well, I never expected that to be a beautiful dress. But when you pair it with those accessories, it's quite gorgeous. So when you when she comes out in the dress and maybe you're going to you're getting ready to touch on this. Did you feel like it was a dress that she wanted based off of what she just described no i think she had to work with the like i said earlier the budget i think she had to work with the budget Mm -hmm. that she was given i don't think she really was i don't think she really liked either one of the dresses i think she liked the second dress that she came in she looked beautiful in both Mm -hmm. but i didn't really see too much of a difference in the dresses Mm -hmm. we all know i'm pretty sure she would have gone with Dior or some high-end design dress that was $50,000. But she looked gorgeous. It was the second dress that we see her try on. When the ladies are sitting there, Mm -hmm. we see a shot of Renee. 
Another little side note, Renee was not there as a friend. She was actually there to try on her own wedding dress because what we didn't see is that she actually got engaged to Carter, who was a fisherman. Remember, she's a vet, a veterinarian, and he's right. a fisherman. So she was actually there with her mom to try on a dress of her own for her wedding that was coming up as well. So she wasn't there as a friend. She was there to try on her own dress. Okay, so that makes way more sense because Lydia, they asked, like, the girls, who did you bring with you today? And Lydia's mm-hmm. like, oh, I brought so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so. Oh, and Renee, you know, as my friend. And Renee's like, yeah. So I thought that that was kind of strange because she was sitting over with Stacy on the couch. And I was like, hmm, that's strange. So that makes way more sense. But side note in that, I'm, I want to know why... And Netflix, don't do us dirty with this, doing this again, because (laughs) Renee was on it and she was so funny. She's super cute. Like, I am team Renee and I just want to know why you did not go into their story because I also got a good feel for Carter, too. And I think that, Mm. is it because they didn't serve enough drama? Like, I just, uh, I don't know. I wasn't feeling him. When they had that pod squad barbecue he was sitting there blaming taylor for the jp taylor breakup it turns out that renee ended up saying no at the altar anyways and they did not get married so but she did say in an interview that the cameras had followed her they got engaged she was followed around in mexico followed around in the apartments followed at the altar and then just never never showed them i guess there was so much drama enough between stacy izzy Milton and Lydia that it was enough to cover a show. Yeah, whatever. I, I was disappointed I in that though. St- yeah, so Stacy comes out in her second dress, and everyone agrees that this is the dress that she needs to get married in, and it is gorgeous on her, and she's smiling. Mm-hmm. She does look happy. She puts mm-hmm. the veil on, and it makes it real for her. This is going back and forth. We get a shot of Milton. He's describing his love for Lydia. He says that they make sure that they have a conversation before bedtime every night, and they want to make sure that they're always on, on a good page before they right. go go to sleep. Which I thought was sweet. Yeah. He says that he's not been known to be a good communicator, but it is very surprised at the fact that him and Lydia are able to communicate so well. She's very passionate and emotional than he is, so during their time of communication... He has to be careful in the way that he says things because she mm-hmm. is so passionate. She may take mm-hmm. it the wrong way, and he doesn't mean it to be that way. He is nervous, but he's able to keep his composure at this time. Right. He wants to believe that Lydia would say yes at the altar, but he knows that that's an unknown, and it's he can't give 100% sure whether Lydia will say yes. Sure. So back to the girls, Lydia is trying on her dresses, and oh my gosh, that front, she likes to show off the boobage. She, and yes, she does, and she is very proud about that, and it's, it is right there where you cannot miss it. It is slit all the way down to her navel. Mm Mm-hmm. So Lydia isn't feeling that dress. She said she likes the top because she likes to show her boobage, but she wants the bottom a little bit more form fitting. These are beautiful dresses. Mm-hmm. And she cracks me up because she wants to make sure she can dance. So she starts twerking in the dress and she drops <laughs> and she it drops it low. low. <laughs> she I drops know. that real low. Yeah. And her brother is sitting right there. I'm not sure I would have dropped it low if my brother were sitting in that. No, I could see me. you and you and Bub like just <laughs> Drop it low. I don't know. (laughs) 
So the next dress that she comes out in, it is beautiful. It's a sweetheart top. It's very form-fitting, but then it, like, kind of on the top, but then flares out. And even Mm -hmm. her brother says, you know, I know it's really hard to say this as your brother, but you really do look stunning. And she did. She looked gorgeous in that dress. She did. Then the veil comes on, and she gets a little bit teary-eyed because they're tears of joy. joy. And I, I just think it's finally hitting her each one of these ladies they're just getting that much closer to Mm -hmm. the wedding right and i just want to know because i'm sure you have the same thing but i had to get my dress fitted and i will tell you that took forever so how how is it that these ladies are getting these dresses the week of the wedding and expect them to be fitted they have a seamstress on staff i'm sure or someone that they paid a significant amount of money to fit them to their bodies perfectly in a very, very short amount of time. I guarantee. They had to have been working around the clock to get those dresses done. Mm-hmm. Because as I we agree. know, it wasn't just these two couples that got engaged. So it's not just these two dresses that they need to form fit. Yeah. I don't know. I just, maybe there was it was one seamstress for each person and... Lydia, she's so, I mean, she's in this moment. She just says that she's, she really never thought that this day would come. She's mm-hmm. got everybody in tears at this point because she just, she can't, she didn't realize how bad she wanted this and how bad she wanted to find a person to share her life with. And every tear that she has shed has been worth it. And these have been tears mm-hmm. of joy. That's so beautiful. So then after, you know, the suit fittings happen, wedding dress shopping is officially picked out and underway, it cuts to Izzy and Stacy, and he planned this whole outing for them. I'm talking flowers. Mm -hmm. They went to an airplane museum where they have, like, all these really cool vintage planes. And he got her a first-class ticket because he even mentioned it. He's like, I had to think of something first-class. Mm-hmm. So a homeboy went and got a first-class ticket for an old-school Doolittle plane, a.k.a. where they they store the cargo. Like, I'm pretty sure they did not actually have seats, and they were just sitting on the ground of this airplane in the backseat uh-huh. from where the pilot sit because I didn't see them buckled. And with things that we're going to get into later with them, (laughs) I wonder if he paid for this whole excursion or if the show did. No, I don't think that he paid for it. With what money? I I don't know. And I don't mean that to be as a cheap shot. I mean, genuinely, like what with what money? He quit his other job and started working like two weeks before before he went on to Love is Blind. There is no way that he has money. Right. And not and I'm sure that that was not cheap. Oh, no way. Not for them to be like going. I mean, I've I think I've been to that plane museum before or something very similar. But um I mean, you have to pay to get in and they shut the whole place down. It was it was they have all of these like vintage planes everywhere that you can go and check out and whatnot. But I don't know. It just was so <sighs> He's saying that he, like, look what I did kind of thing. Look what I did for you. And she liked that um, there was an unexpected date that he planned. But John was watching this with me. And I have to call it out. He said, her voice is so gritty and ew. (laughs) Really? And I was like, yeah, that was the first time that he's watched 
love is blind with me Mm. and he he's like i can't i can't do her voice it just grinds my nerves and i was like okay well oh i know it felt very valley girl and that says a lot because we're both from california so i mean you can imagine that but izzy goes on to say that a good chunk of his family won't be at the wedding because he doesn't want any opinions okay mind you they're having a little date night in the airplane hangar And it's just like a candlelit dinner for the two of them. And they're like kind of diving into deeper conversation here. But he mentions that his family won't be at the wedding because he doesn't want any opinions to judge him over what he's doing slash who he's marrying, which I kind of felt like was there was an undersided meaning there to that, maybe. Right. Um, But he said that he's excited to gain a wife, but he's gaining a family, which is a dream come true. So it makes me Mm -hmm. wonder what exactly went down there previously, you know, for him to say that because he's doesn't want them. He doesn't want his family to judge him over who he's marrying. Like what what happened there? So, well, just I mean, if you don't unless your family is total dicks. Why would you not want the people that love you the most to be a part of your most special day? I don't know. What is it that you're not telling us that's happened in your family dynamic? Yes. Yes, I agree. Because he even, like you said, he goes on and he's looking for that family. Right. But you've got to be able to, I mean, we can, friends become family. Sure. It doesn't just have to be blood. No. So does he just not have a lot of close people in his life? Or did something happen that he's just not sharing and and it just kind of is what it is? Great question. So they're trying to decide on a wedding song and it's just kind of like a long time, a long shot, a long scene of just watching them dance around in this yeah, airplane. Yeah, a little hangar. awkward. It was very awkward. I'm like, this is we're wasting too much time here. Like, let's let's dig in. Uh-huh. I think it was like a time filler. Yes, yes, I agree. Right. So it was just a long time of just watching them dance back and forth. It, I just felt like it was too much. Like, let's move on. So they end their date, and we go to the day before the wedding. They're packing their suitcases. It is deafening. The awkward silence is happening. Yeah. There's zero conversation happening. He's trying to make small talk. And he very casually says, which they don't give you any context. You're just kind of having to read between the lines here, which I thought yeah, was weird. because I was lost. Yeah, I was, I was lost. I like, said, did, did I, I miss, miss something? something? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I felt the same exact way. But he brings up that they had a conversation and lots of things to talk about. And she says, I don't feel like I can trust you. And I'm like, oh, shoot, something big happened to where, mm-hmm. you know, they're about to have a fallout and he goes to ask he says he asks with what and she says with the credit card stuff and i'm like Mm -hmm. okay here we go the stuff with johnny is coming back into play here because Uh she made a mention in conversation with one of the other girls he told me he has a bad credit score and Mm -hmm. just signed a lease on an apartment so good luck with that kind of thing so yeah. this is coming back into play, but they never really address it. It's just kind of like you're thrown into this conversation. Yeah, we never saw the the uh, conversation that they had at the gas station. Right. 
right? So apparently he told her that he used credit cards in college for the points and then got rid of them. They had talked about financials in the pods and she asked him if there was anything she needed to know and he told her absolutely not. She feels that it wasn't totally truthful when she has been upfront and honest with him about everything. So he goes to try to cover his butt, right? And he's like, he wanted to have this conversation formally and in person because he knew it was going to be lengthy. And I'm like, you mean the two weeks um, that you spent with her, you did not have a chance to talk about the finances or how even when she's brought up the finances the day before you're getting married to bring this up Mm -hmm. the day before but you know what Mm -mm. he lost my trust when he laid that suitcase down and i saw how he packed those clothes (laughs) the shambles of those clothes uh they're all piled up like he just took them straight from the dryer and put them right in his suitcase and didn't even bother to fold them. It's true. It really is true. But um, he said that he wanted to have this conversation in person um, and he didn't want to hide it from her. But what? You know, like, then why did you? Like, why when yeah. she had the whole this whole money conversation, it was super awkward. She had to put herself out there and say, hey, like, I want to make sure that... I, like you're pulling you're gonna pull your weight too and that there's nothing mm-hmm. lurking and he that was his opportunity and he's like everything shouldn't be based off of money and all of this well she deserves to know what your yeah. past looks like or what right now what looks she could like be potentially accumulating liable for by marrying you yeah yes yes So she calls him out on skirting around the answer when she asks him something and he says it takes him time to process things and that he wasn't trying to lie to her. Okay, I have to take a step back for a second because I'm a processor and I think about things a lot and I observe and I watch and people would, if you were to, if I were to be in a crowded room of people and I know some people but we're not like good friends... I am there and I listen and I watch, but a lot of the time I don't engage. With you, heck yeah. Like, let's shoot Mm -hmm. the, you know what, like, we're going to have a conversation. We're going to be talking about X, Y, and Z. But for people that are just kind of acquaintances or friends, I'm quiet and to myself. Mm -hmm. And I process and I think. But that was a cop-out answer. That was a cop-out. Well, I don't think he was trying to process it in the sense of knowing what. I think he was trying to process it to try to cover up the lie. Like, how do I mm-hmm. cover up this lie? You're covering up another lie with another lie with another lie. Right. And she said, you knew I was going to find out. And that if we got married and mentioned it, um, that it scares her that, you know, he was hiding it from yeah. her. Which, obviously, I would be freaked out, too. Like, what did you expect for us to get married, me to figure this out, and then be like, oh, yeah, sorry, I forgot to tell you about that. Yeah, she can't trust that he's telling her the truth now. No, and I I believe her in that sense. Like, I would feel the same way. But he starts talking about how she was upset and heated and turns it back on her. He, like, totally Gas tries to her. flip the flip the switch here Mm -hmm. and he doesn't want to feel like he's walking on eggshells when he's doing his best to tell her the truth and how he feels and blah 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 and he thinks she's getting offended Mm -hmm. when he didn't mean it that way um how did you expect her to take that please explain but it wasn't even like i'm sorry for not communicating this he's just saying i'm sorry that you took it that way 
So it wasn't an apology. It was basically mm-hmm. like, I'm sorry, you can't understand what I'm saying. That's on you, not on me. Right. He should have said, right. I'm sorry for the miscommunication. You're right. I should have told you these things for the umpteenth time that we had the 5,000 conversations about finances. You're right. I should have told you about my credit cards. Right. And honestly, dude, if it wasn't that serious, you wouldn't have hidden it. But because exactly. you, there's something there, exactly. you're hiding something. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so he then um, says that he's not in debt. It's all paid. But yet he has uh-huh. bad credit. So if it's all paid. Yeah, he said that the debt was $3,500, but that it's all paid. So did he claim bankruptcy? I don't. That's a great question. They didn't say. So he, it makes me wonder if maybe he claimed bankruptcy because how can you have everything paid off and then you still have like horrible credit? And she mentioned the credit cards. She said, you didn't, you didn't tell me about the credit cards. And so there's a lot of missing pieces here that we just are kind of thrown into. We don't have any information. We're trying to keep up. We're like, what the heck just happened? Because there's no context here. So he goes to say that, like, he fell in love with her because she fought for him and he feels sick to his stomach because he keeps falling in love with her and she doesn't and he doesn't want to lose her. But my thought here Mm -hmm. was saying he doesn't want to lose her because he got a meal ticket going on. Like he's got a sugar mama. Mm -hmm. He has a sugar mama situation and he sees what she can provide for him and the opportunity there financially that. He just doesn't want to, he doesn't want to deal with it. Doesn't want to have to work for it. Mel, I, I go back to when you said when they were in the pods and he said something to her about finances, about he'd be taken care of her or he'd be taken care of because she's financially secure, something along those lines. And her Mm -hmm. eyes kind of popped out of her head. Right. You knew from that moment that was, Mm -hmm. yeah, you hit the nail on the head with him for sure. Right. Because you smelled what he was stepping in. I sure did. And I tell you what, I have a good discernment of people and there's something rotten happening between beneath the surface that we did not get context of for one, but that, you know, mm-hmm. we're trying to just kind of pick up these pieces, you know, figure out what happened. Like, oh, no, we we're calling it for what it is, Izzy. You're a snake in the grass yeah. and you yes, were just using him or using Stacy to get yourself ahead. And he knows he sees what kind of cars she drives. He sees the house that she has, the silverware she has, the dishware the that she has. <laughs> I'm yes. sorry, that was a low <laughs> blow, but it's the truth. It's the truth. You know, David said the same thing. He just thinks that it's ridiculous that he only has paper plates and, or not paper, I think it's pa- plastic, but paper plates, red solo cups, it's he goes, it's really indicative of how this man is responsible or not responsible. It's because at that age, he's not able to handle it. Right. I mean, we were, we moved here at what, 22 years old, 24 years old. And yet we managed to have mm-hmm. all of our dishes, appliances, all of that put together. And John and David, when we met yeah. them within the year that we were here, also had dishes and plates and cups and silverware like yep but yet here comes izzy rolling up in his jeep no no his very nice jeep that you know is expensive right your priorities are not where they should be 
if you have payments, I know nothing about claiming bankruptcy. Look, people have to do it. You right. got to do what you got to do. Right. If you have payments on something and you claim bankruptcy, how does that work for like a car have, or a house? I don't know. I don't know if they would repo it. I really have no idea. Maybe he mm, was renting okay. the the Jeep. I don't I don't even know. Or like leasing it. Or maybe it's a friend's for goodness sake. I mean, oh, I don't maybe. know. It gives me like a Dirty John situation of he's very ambiguous, very, very vague in his finances, very vague in his past, Not gives mm-hmm. doesn't give too much detail, very much leans on her for the financial aspect of things. And then yet when it comes to him spending money, it's very, I'm not going to do that. Right. You're going to pay for it. I don't know about 50-50. It's just, it gives me Dirty John vibes, and I'm not comfortable with that. No, no, I agree. So it just kind of ends, and we don't know what happens with them, but we know that they're packing the day before their wedding, and I just get Mm -hmm. this uneasy feeling that, like, things are not the way that they should be. She looks heartbroken. She As she should be. She looks very upset. I think she just is very, very confused. Listen, y'all know that I am not Team Stacy here. I've never been a fan except for one time. I give her props when <laughs> when props are due. But for this, mm-hmm. she had every right to feel the way she was feeling. And I'm, you know, Izzy's doing her wrong. Izzy's doing her wrong. Yeah, I just, I just don't trust him. I no. think he has some growing up to do. I think he needs to go to college, and I think I think he needs to take some money management classes. And I'm not trying to be snarky. I genuinely believe he needs to seek out like a financial advisor, uh, a life coach. Hell, a mm-hmm. life coach will help you plan your life. Sure. And that's it. You know, you're almost thirty. Get you a life coach, somebody who can help you to make these plans and to stick to them. Right. Realistic goals achievable realistic goals and realistic time frames. I think right. that's what he needs. I agree. I agree. Yeah, so so that's kind of where we leave it and then we move on to Milton and his sister Jessica. They're having this like kind of tough conversation, you know, between siblings. Mm-hmm. So Milton is having lunch with his sister Jessica and they're making small talk. I mean, they are very serious family. They are. They're they all are very, very, very similar. He's, at, you know, he's trying to ask her, you know, how are the husband? How's the baby? And she just wants to get right down to it. I know. She's she like, says, all right, let's dig in. Mm-hmm. She wants to know how Lydia felt after meeting the family. Milton said, you know, it was pretty intense. In his own calm way, he said, you know, it's pretty intense that that meeting was. And she's like, we, we got to know who she is. Yeah. He even made the comment. That joining their family is difficult. I, and I can see it. Yeah. And I don't think he means to say is, I just, his family is very protective of each other. Sure. And so Which I can very, appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. You got to work to earn that trust. But he even says, you know, her family dynamic is so very, very different than his. Mm-hmm. Lydia talks to her family and her mom every day. Mm-hmm. And Milton doesn't, I mean, while they're close, they don't have that kind of relationship where they're talking to each other every day. Right. Her family is very passionate and they're very expressive and very giving. Mm-hmm. And his sister's kind of like, what do you mean giving? Like, what does that mean giving? And I think she's a little bit thrown like, well, we are, we're given, like we're, we're a giving family. 
And he says, it's, mm-hmm. it's not like theirs. And his sister even says, you know, we have, our family does have a hard time giving emotion to expressing right, sure. emotion. They're all very analytical, very, mm-hmm. what are the facts? What, like he says all the time, what are the data points? And from right. that, what's the conclusion? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He says he thinks he's ready to get married, but she wants to know why he thinks he's so sure. And he says, I rely on my gut feeling. And my gut is telling me that this is the right decision. Hey, and you know, I can respect that. Like that says a lot about who he is. He's not letting outside chatter get to him. He is basing this off of how he is feeling and the facts of their relationship. Well, his sister even brings up the point that I said earlier of that everyone thinks that this is fake because of the timeline. Right. It's just not a traditional way of meeting somebody. Yes. I mean, we're, like I said, you know, on average, it's about two years that you're dating somebody. Mm -hmm. But Milton even says, you know, mom's reality, her perception is her reality. My perception is my reality. Your, your perception is your reality. Mm -hmm. And she says it just feels weird to be making these big decisions on such a short time time frame right that he doesn't she doesn't feel like he's really had time to process it Mm -hmm. he says that no matter what his family says regardless of whether they approve of it or not he's still going to go through with it Mm -hmm. because he's making his own decision right and she says you know because he's again he brings up the data points so he says i I follow the data the data points this is the conclusion i've come up with and she says you make her sound out like she's a science project (laughs) yes yeah yeah and i'm like well you're you're not wrong there like he does think of of it very scientific well he says you know i'm a very analytical thinker and i have standards that i was raised to look for in a wife and she meets all of those criteria and all those standards. That's Her so vulnerability helps him grow. Mm-hmm. And I think that was amazing to say. I agree. Because she does have that vulnerability. She has that, that ability to just lay everything out there and she is not going to give a crap what people think or say. Mm-mm. I, as a watcher of this show as a fan of this show can appreciate that because I am the complete opposite of that. I don't like to show vulnerability. I don't wear my heart on my sleeve. And I hate that about myself. Like truly, truly hate that about myself. So it's like, it's the flip switch here, you know, like you can relate on Mm -hmm. that level and I can relate, uh, relate on a different level. Yeah. She continues on with him and she said, you know, you, you got to ask the questions and have these hard conversations about things like kids. Kids are expensive. Have you guys thought about daycare? Daycare is, is expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, have you guys talked about your finances? You know, a marriage can be a lot like a business arrangement is what mm-hmm. she says. Yep. But he has said that the conversations with him and Lydia have been about those things and they've been very productive and he feels very confident that they are on the same page with all aspects of marriage. Right. Because he, so, I mean, he he's really says gone that, into everything. Yeah. And yeah. he even says that they're in it together, you know, and I feel like they are yeah. like they've they've had the nitty gritty conversations. They've they've been up and down and up and down in all of the ways so yeah Mm -hmm. it was it was a good conversation but I'm glad that Milton really defended Lydia and stood his ground and saying like hey I'm not going into this blindly like I know what I'm getting into yeah well he says that they're both in you know they both came into this 
with the same goal, with the same level-headedness about that goal and how there will be challenges, the reality, right? Because the pods are one thing, but when you're forced out into the real world, you get that dose of reality that right. not everything is roses and sunshine, uh, but you're going to have not. hard, hard conversations. Mm-hmm. At the end of it, he asks his sister, you know, are you going to come to my wedding? And she says, of course I'll be there. I, you know, she wouldn't uh, miss it. She just wants to make, right. she's just trying to protect him. She's just very, she's a very strong person and she's right. not going to sit here and make him feel good. She's just going to tell him, this is how I feel. This is how it looks. And this is how it seems. If you can convince me otherwise that that's not how it is, then I'll show up. I'll still love you and I'll show up. Which as a big sister myself to a little brother, I can, and I say little, he towers over me and he's he's only three and a half (laughs) years younger. But I can 100% see where she's coming from. Because mm-hmm. I don't want him to get hurt in any way, shape, or form. And I will come after you right. if you hurt my little brother. But it just, yeah, it was it was a very precious moment, I think, between the two of them. A very vulnerable time where he's, yeah. he's having to step into his own here and fight for his future. And, and yeah. not try to convince everybody else that he's ready, but just firmly say, like, no, like, I'm in this. I'm ready. Let's go. Like, let's move forward. There's not, like he said, there's not much that you can say, if anything, that's going to change my opinion. Right. I think it ended on a good positive note with him and his sister. I thought so too. So after that's all said and done, we come to their date night the night before and they are in, is this in the Houston Museum of Natural Science. That's what I had written down because I think it is. I remember seeing all the right. rocks and stuff. So I'm like, this looks yeah. very familiar. Yeah. They are nerding out on all the geodes and all the minerals. They had some rock talk going on. Oh, they did it. But <laughs> my God, are they just not gorgeous? They are. Absolutely. They're beautiful. I know. We need to go. I need to take David. He would love it there. And I'm, pre- yeah, I'm pretty sure that's at the Houston Museum of Natural Science, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, because it had the Body Works poster out on the outside, yes. and I know that the Body Works comes to that, yeah. Right. He can go look at rocks, and I'll go look at the Body Works. Okay, great. <laughs> it's a it's a fair it's a family affair. <laughs> yeah. So it's, a again, just like Stacy and Izzy, they have that private dinner. It's just the two of them over a candlelight. Again, in the room full of rocks, they're holding hands, and they're kind of taking in the moment that they're here. And it's right before the be- right before the wedding, and they're excited, but both a little bit nervous, which is extremely natural. Sure. And I know that I was really ner- hell. I was nervous on the day of the wedding, <laughs> you know. So I understood this moment, but I'm they're very much in love. And Milton's chewing gum, and he's like, "Oh, I got to find a place to put." He's so my casual gum. versus she's like just dressed really-, really nicely, and he's like <laughs> in a t-shirt and jeans. You know, she's in this nice dress and. Yeah, he's just Milton. Isn't that indicative of their personality, though? It totally is. Absolutely. Do you ever, are you a gum swallower or do you find a wrapper? I will find something to put it in on. To spit it in? Yes. Yeah, but what if you don't have anything? Because, you know, there comes a point where the gum starts to get, like, a little bit hard and your, like, your jaw starts hurting. No, I still do not swallow it. Do you? Only if I have to. Oh, man. Only no. if I have to. I'd rather put it in my pocket. Yeah. Well, that's what he was afraid, that he was going to forget <laughs> it and it was going to go through the wash. And if you've ever had to get gum out of clothes, you know that that is, is a not fun. task in itself. I have been there. Yes. 
yeah, a task unto itself. So they start asking each other questions. She says, she asks him if he ever thought, you know, how his wife was going to be. And he said yes, but she happens to be completely different than what he thought. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, I think that a lot of people can say that that's the way. David wasn't what I thought I was going to marry ever. I wasn't, he just happened to be the one that came into my life. Oh, I was thinking that the other day. Absolutely. Like, John is not who I thought I would end up with as far as, like, outward things. You know, his profession, which there's nothing wrong with that. I love him for who he is. But it just isn't (laughs) what I would have thought that my, how my life would have ended up, I guess you could say. But I think that that there's beauty in that, too. Oh, absolutely. I think it, it's, it just goes to show that I, you know. It was smart that I didn't go off of what I was looking for. You know, he came into my life and he just was the person that I needed. Yes. Yes. Absolutely agree. You think she took offense to that? Um, Maybe a little bit because he went on to say that he said sometimes she's not the same person she was in the pods and that she's mean when she wakes up in the morning. Um, and she said, you know, well, there's a reason I get upset. And so I, yeah. I think that with how accelerated this whole situation has to be, you know, you are having to put your life on fast forward. And that means diving into the deep, even when you don't want to, you know, so uh-huh. I, I, and you're having to be vulnerable and upfront and honest with a lot of things all at once. And so I think that that was um, his way of saying like, not everything is amazing and wonderful and great and you're not the same person that I thought you were kind of thing. Yeah. But I think he also meant that for the better, that she exceeded his sure. expectations. Sure. So they talk about, uh, they they move on in the conversation. They're still at, on their date and they talk about how he's messy and unorganized. There's dishes in the sink. There's clothes on the floor and Lydia doesn't want to be his mama. And I can't blame her in that sense. Like she wants a partner and she wants to make sure that he's taking this whole situation seriously. Um, so he told her that he doesn't feel like he can tell her how he feels a lot because of how emotional she is. She's loud. She is all over the place as far as who she is. Um, and that he doesn't like how she handled a situation that they had gone through. He's telling her that she can't control her emotions and she starts just getting riled up. Like she's like having to take a deep breath. She's having to like stop herself because you could tell she just wants to kind of like word vomit on him, you know? Yeah. And so he says, I should be allowed to be honest with you. And I was, I all caps, I just put, yes, yes, he should be allowed to be honest with her. That's what mm-hmm. a marriage is based off of, is honesty and a foundation that you can tell each other anything and everything and know that at the end of the day, you're still going to choose each other. And so yeah. Lydia you know, starts taking it the wrong way and is trying to twist it into a negative situation. She gets super defensive and he said, I listen to you, but I don't feel like you listen to me. Like I, here I am kind of pouring my heart out, telling you that I'm, I'm on the bus. Like I, I'm trying to get through to you. I'm trying to, to listen. I'm trying to be the person that you need me to be, but you're not reciprocating that. And I need you to know that I'm being honest 
and trying my best and you take offense to it, you know, or get upset when you don't like what I have to hear. So, Which, by the way, I don't think these are conversations that are deal breakers. I think these are very healthy conversations to have as long as you don't let them fester, right? You get in... You, you talk about these things in you the moment it. and you don't let them build up. Right. Mm-hmm. You fix it and you move on. And so he said he kept going on to say that he doesn't always feel like he's super comfortable with telling her things um, and that he doesn't like being disrespected and feels that they both handle things differently. Nobody likes to be disrespected. Yeah. And I will 100% stand by that. You don't want to feel disrespected. You want to feel loved and appreciated, valued, heard, all of the things. And he just doesn't feel Mm -hmm. that necessarily, you know, with the situations that they're going through. So he doesn't want to raise kids on the fence about how they're going to handle hard situations. Like he, he's going into it, like with a future thought of, we need to be on the same page for, for now, but also for the future when we have children. And I was, I just want to give him props again. And we are team Milton, Mm -hmm. 100%. Um, He seems like a really good guy and just have nothing but good things to say about him. But, you know, I have to give it to him. Like, he made some very valid points and and stood up for, Mm -hmm. for what he felt and what he needed to say. And that says a lot about his character. But then he kind of goes to bring up a situation that... Maybe it wasn't very tasteful. And he says that if it was him and his ex, they would have handled things differently. Because he's referring to the conversation with Uche. Right, right. And how she handled that situation. Right, which I, I understand. But in the same sense, like, was that necessary to bring up? You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe not. Well, I think he only brought it up because he says that she's just a, a much more emotional person and... The way that she handles the situation, like him saying, I feel like I can't tell you these things because you're going to judge the way I'm saying it. I don't mean them to insult you Mm -hmm. or disrespect you. But a shining example would be he wouldn't have talked. He wouldn't have had a situation like the one she did with Uche. That if there was an ex, she doesn't have that ability to just walk away like he does. Right. He would and she just, and you know, she, she allows her emotions to get the best of her. Right. Yeah. That makes that makes total sense. But, um, you know, he starts comparing their relationship and she reminds him that Uche is a piece of trash and he says, thank you for reminding me for the millionth time. Like, we've moved past this. Mm-hmm. Stop bringing it up. You know, like, I don't want to talk about it anymore. But at the same time, I feel like she's having to defend her actions. And here we go again. She's having to defend herself to a man. Yes. I understand that he handles the situations differently. And from here forward, now they can have a conversation of him saying, maybe next time, you know, maybe we can talk through it differently. Right. But you cannot get mad at her for her defending her. He Uche came up to her and made those accusations in front of everybody. And she was sure as shit not going to sit there and put up with it. No. As she shouldn't have in that sense. Yeah. So while he may have handled it very differently, she was put in a position that she should never have been put in in the beginning. Yeah. I agree with that. So I'm not going to sit here and blame her for the way she handled it. I'm going to sit here and blame the a-hole Uche for thinking that he had the balls and he he had the audacity and he had the right to walk up to her and make those accusations and belittle her and degrade her. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You make valid points here for sure. 
But this is the part where then she gets up from the table and leaves. She walks away. And she she's needs crying. A minute. She needs a minute. There's awkward silence when she comes back and you kind of don't know, like, where their place is, like, what's going to happen. And um, the silent treatment's kind of going on. And he apologizes, you know, for hurting her feelings. And she apologizes for not abiding by his expectations. And so mm-hmm. it kind of, um, you know, she says... She wants to stand by him and support him, but she needs him to understand her, that she's loud, she's Mm -hmm. passionate, she's emotional, and that's just how she is. And so they, they come to this middle ground, I guess you could say, and she, she asks, she says, we've got this, right? And there's zero response. And then the show just ends. And you're like, Mm-hmm. Maybe they do not got this. Like maybe say, we do need they have to it? be worried about this right now because yeah. it just stops. It just Lydia, ends. do we got this girl? Do what's we got he, this? I mean, <laughs> I'm on edge just trying to think about what's going to happen here. And so um, that's mm-hmm. that's where it ends. And and then we are left to to wait for the next episode. So I'm anxious about it. I don't know really which way it's going to go for for either couple. Um, there's a lot of yeah. of hot points on both sides, but um, yeah, you know we'll have to just wait and see for the I next episode. I think the the couple that has the most constructive relationship has to be Midi, Midi, Midia and Midi. Milton. Yeah, is Lydia Milton? I really do feel like, and I think it's because of his ability to calmly communicate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Because if if you had two personalities like Lydia and Uche, because the reality is Uche is the same way as her. Mm-hmm. He cannot see reason when he's in that situation. Right. That is a relationship that's never going to work out because nobody is going to ever be wrong and in that conver- in those arguments. Mm-hmm. As opposed to Milton, who can sit there and well, maybe sometimes the things he says is maybe not appropriate. I think he should have again said. It's not maybe the way that I would have handled it, but he's he's a man. He's not seeing it from a woman's perspective. I think he was wrong in this situation. Yeah, and in the same sense, you know, he's young and he's trying to work through these big feelings and big thoughts and ideas. And he's getting ready to potentially marry the love of his life, you know, like make a forever commitment here. And so he's learning yeah. how to communicate. He's learning how to work through mm-hmm. the hard conversations, the hard topics. Um, and that says also a lot about Also learning him. to communicate with her personality. Right. I mean, everybody is their own individual. individual, And you're really trying to have to navigate the different personalities. I think, like I said before, I think these are very common conversations. Yeah. Maybe not context. I, I mean... I don't, Not everybody fights with their ex. No, but, but I don't feel like it's anything out of the norm here to discuss these yeah. things. Yeah, the, the laziness, as she calls it, or like his messiness. These are common things. Mm-hmm. These are very common things. I mean, these are things that could be worked on. And they were just thrown into this. So there's that too. Yes. You know, it's not like they, they eased into it. It was an overnight, we get engaged, we start living together tomorrow, like all of this stuff. So... Yeah, there's just a lot brewing. There's a lot happening. There's a lot going on. And um, you're just kind of left with wondering what's going to happen. So I'm anxious for I the know. next episode, which... Um, Me too. Yes, it's it's going to be hot because we've got we've got the weddings. So we'll see what, what ends up happening. Who's going to say yes? 
Are they both going to say yes? Are they both going to say no? What's going to happen? I don't know, but we shall see. We shall see. But anyway, we are so glad that you guys were here with us. Thank you for tuning in. As always, we love and appreciate you guys. And we really would love uh, for you to follow us on all of the social channels, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, um, and come say hello at pourthetpodcast at gmail.com. So um, we will see you again next time or talk to you next time, I should say. And we love you guys. Have a great yes. day. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. Love you Bye.